0: The way I would look at it is we're where we are now before there was Windows. So right now, anybody who wants to be involved in this basically has to be a programmer. If you wanna create your own token or a DAO or whatever, you've gotta know a whole bunch of different programming languages and it's complex. But soon, to take part in this, there'll be effectively like an operating system like Windows, but for for NFT ownership and
1: tokenizing things. And that then means anybody can do it. Welcome to the future of a podcast by Fresh Consulting, where we discuss and learn about the future of different industries, markets, and technology verticals. Together, we'll chat with leaders and experts in the field and discuss how we can shape the future human experience. I'm your host, Jeff Dance. In this episode of The Future Of, we're joined by Dudley Neville Spencer of Virtual Influencer Agency, and Johnny Rodriguez from Fresh Consulting to explore the future of the metaverse. Welcome. It's a pleasure to have you with me on this episode, focused on the metaverse, and we're excited to have not only two leaders, but serious two serious technology evangelists that think about and really work on the future. As far as just a quick intro, Dudley founded the Virtual Influencer Agency, the world's first virtual influencer avatar, And metaverse marketing agency where he's head of research and virtual development he's also an expert research and technology director at the live and breathe agency which has been around for 30 years he leads avatar and metaverse integration strategies there in addition to ai and data insights we've listened to some of his webinars on the metaverse nfts and virtual humans we're excited to have him he was recently named uh, one of the top 50 players in the, the world of influencer marketing. And he likes to tell everyone that ADD is his superpower. Bring it on! We definitely want to ask him about that. Next up, we have Johnny Rodriguez, who is the Director of Innovation at Fresh Consulting with a background in UX design and software development. Kind of a rare breed of two amazing skill sets. Johnny's teams are responsible for working on testing, developing what's next in the technology realm. In the process, they're designing and building and deploying internal and external facing products. Some of his innovative work involves AR, VR, AI, robotics, web and mobile development, chatbots, and more. He's also a real human (laughs) and has been a professional beatboxer. He's been a singer in our our very own Fresh Band and outside of work, really enjoys spending time with his, his wife, Alyssa, and his three kids. Johnny, great to have you.
2: Yeah, appreciate being here.
1: Excited to get your insights since you've been deep in this space for kind of the last four years. And hopefully some dope beats too, Johnny. Seriously, can you give us a little beatbox (laughs) to kind of some intro music to the episode? Uh, Sure, yeah, I'll throw something down really quick.
2: I don't know. There you go. <laughs>
0: awesome. Okay, I'm going to leave now because that's just it. That's like, uh, there's nothing I can say that's going to be more exciting than that.
1: <laughs> I love it. And we're going to have to use that for uh, our podcast intro music. <laughs> well, it's amazing to have you uh, both here to get to talk about the future of the metaverse. Uh, let's dive right in. First, we want to talk just about kind of the 101 for those that are new to the topic, then uh, talk a little bit about the future and kind of jump back to the present. So for those that are kind of new to this concept, we've seen a lot in the news, really. What is the metaverse? At its simplest form, it's a way of you as a human being able
0: to interact from a first person point of view or as an avatar with other humans in digital realms that could be through AR, could be through VR or from your desktop. In a slightly more complicated manner, it's come to mean universes which are continuous. So that is, when you jump out of them and come back in, they're still there. That the world is as it was when you left it, and other people are in there. But that's it in general.
2: Wow, I love that. I don't know how much I would add to that. I love the convergence. Uh, You mentioned some of the different devices that you might use, the mediums by which you can be in the metaverse, right? So I do like that convergence of the physical augmented and virtual reality in that kind of shared online space.
0: I think people make a mistake thinking it's one thing, it's only VR, it's only that. And it's not. that. The whole point is that you can be in and out of it in practically any way you like.
1: So it's really flexible definitely. in kind of how you engage is what you're saying.
0: Yeah, completely. Yeah, completely. So you read in a lot of media, they're always talking about VR and does everybody want to be in VR all the time? And VR is extremely important for the future of the metaverse, but you don't have to be in VR. You know, I mean, when I'm playing on Decentraland and Somnium or whatever, I'm never in VR on those. And you can be, and it's it's a richer experience, but a lot of people tend to talk about not wanting to do it because they're not sure about VR. But that's actually almost completely irrelevant.
2: I'm interested to see where the 2D part will kind of come in, right? Where uh, Mark Zuckerberg talked about social media being kind of like the entry point. You might see that somebody's at a concert and you'll click in and then join. So it'll, it'll be really interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and you know, social's still massively important. We talk about social when we're making avatars as the place where you can almost talk about the history of your personality. So you can almost show on your socials where you've come from, who you are, you know, what's important to you. And then in a verse, so in a continuous verse where you are there and you are present, that's for engaging with in that moment. It's not for necessarily posting content that talks about what you've done. So there are two One's almost what's happened and who you are, and one is where you are right now. And that's both really important.
1: I think for a lot of people, it's still sort of an abstract concept if they haven't really experienced it. Obviously, you know, the metaverse kind of has been around for a little bit. As I understand it, it the, the term was coined in uh, Neil Stevenson's science fiction novel in 1992. But you know, there's a lot of hype right now about this concept and this new frontier. What are some of the big players in the space right now.
2: Yeah, it's been interesting to watch this over, uh, especially over the last few years, but even just the last few months. We've seen Facebook announce their brand change, their brand name from Facebook to Meta. You know, they're spending millions of dollars last year, $18.5 million. This year, they're claiming they're going to hit 10 billion alone for just this division, um, creating 10,000 jobs in Europe to help kind of build the the metaverse. So there's a lot of investment from a hardware You know, and software perspective coming from Meta. So they're definitely a player. They claim that here in the next five years, they're going to be a Metaverse first company. So that's definitely a bigger one. And there's specific uh, things that they're building there, like Horizon. It's been interesting to see some of the stuff there. Horizon Home, uh, Horizon Worlds, Workrooms, Marketplace, all different elements of Horizon. And so it'll be interesting to see what kind of comes from there. But if you just take a step back from them, if you think about what Fortnite and Roblox has done and thinking about them as a form of uh, their games, definitely their games. And, you know, Fortnite has something like 350 million users, 3 billion hours every month that people are spending in their games. But uh, what's interesting is that there are live events happening in Fortnite, right? Travis Scott did a show, 12 million users earned $20 million. I'm um, just a small example there of, of Fortnite, right? And consuming entertainment in kind of this virtual environment. Think about what Epic Games has from an Unreal Engine, right? Their actual game engine and used in popular shows like The Mandalorian. I really like that one. Lion King. And they have MetaHuman, which I know, Dudley, you've done some stuff with MetaHuman.
0: It's a beast. It's a beautiful beast. Yeah. You need a massive, massive machine to use it. (laughs) Oh, really? You can't use it on a Mac because it's so big, but it is beautiful.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's been really interesting, some of the stuff that's coming with... With MetaHuman, so yeah, that's Epic Games. There's a lot more coming from them. Roblox is a, essentially a, a game, but they have, essentially have a virtual world on top of their game. It's kind of that Lego brick style, not as rich as what you would see in something like Fortnite. But uh, they're in the forty million user range, and you know, if you think about Gen Z, that's they're spending a lot of time there, and it's a you know forty-five billion dollar publicly traded company. But again, where it kind of connects to the metaverse is, right, is they have they have digital currency, they have digital assets um, that they're selling. So you have things like Gucci bags being sold for $4,000 US dollars. They have a $300 million fund.
1: Virtual Gucci bags, essentially. A
2: virtual Gucci bag that you can have as an accessory to build as a self-expression from this kind of virtual world, right? Again, blocky kind of Lego brick style kind of blocks with a Gucci bag and you're paying $4,000, right? The equivalent of $4,000. They have this $300 million fund that they're giving to creators. So I guess they gave creators last year in 2020. And uh, they're kind of encouraging the building of this community, right? And they also have entertainment, right? They've had uh, Lil Nas X, they've had, uh, you know, has been watched, consumed 37 million times. Um, So it's just been interesting to watch some of that. Dudley, you mentioned Decentraland. I'm really excited. And have been really, really interested and have been following pretty closely some of the stuff happening there. Yeah. They're a pretty big player in the metaverse. I think that's probably one of the closer ones that gets there right again not vr ar it's not necessarily how you would go in and kind of participate in their virtual environments but uh you are consuming it from your kind of your pc your computer kind of in a 2d format but just to give you a sense of that right it's like i think it was just a few days ago that i read this i've been keeping up on this in the last few months but 500 square feet right they call them parcels of virtual real estate it was just sold i think yesterday for 2.43 million us dollars in decentralized
0: yeah and it was a crypto real estate fund that bought it yeah so metaverse group yeah fund management companies who are just investing in land in different verses which people find bizarre but you know in in one which we are working a lot within is called somnium space and it's very similar to decentraland but you can buy three different parcels of land small medium large four small medium large and extra large and they're defined by the height with which you can build. So if you want to build a 100-meter tower, you've got to buy extra large. Small is 10 meters. And depending where they are in the land, if you're by the beach, it's really expensive. If you're you know, back in the middle of nowhere, it's cheaper. But an example of the pricing, and it's changing all the time, is you have to... Somnium cubes is the token. You buy them in insomnium space. Just today, we were looking at buying a piece of land for a client there. And a small space, we couldn't get for cheaper than 13,000 US. And that wasn't even in a good spot.
2: <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, that's what I've been looking at, and it's been interesting because they are, they have, they're also that open. You're talking about Samu so- Space, but they're that open kind of social virtual environment. But they have a VR component to theirs, which is yes. where it starts to get into that interesting area of like now you're kind of in that fully immersed experience.
0: Well, you know, you were talking about uh, Meta before. We think Meta they have the biggest ecosystem, right? You know, it's like they have Zuckerberg did a brilliant job of explaining the ecosystem which no one's done before and has helped us brilliantly so thank you but then when you look within each little component along that ecosystem there are players have just been focusing on, on little bits so no one has an ecosystem like meta but if you look for example at somnium's vr so they're a blockchain space which means that every asset that you see you can buy be it the land or the houses or the vehicles or whatever and you can do that in VR, which is kind of amazing.
2: <laughs> yeah, definitely. I find that really interesting. The element of the NFT. I mean, I think I think it was Somnium Space that has it was their Ethereum base, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, most of them that they create their own tokens, but use Ethereum. So Somnium Cubes is the token, but it uses the it uses Ethereum as its translating token and as its blockchain. And similarly, Mana, which is the token for Decentraland, yep. similar thing that's also based on Ethereum as well.
1: So we have these different spaces, essentially, in the metaverse. How do you access these spaces for those that are new to it?
0: Well, the easiest way to do it is start by doing it just from your desktop. Just type in one of their names hit enter, and then it will say, do you want to create an avatar of yourself? Do you want to come in and have a look? And you can go in there and walk around as a simple avatar. Some of them you can upload images of yourself and it will convert for you. And you can basically use your mouse, point and click and walk around. If you want to transact within those blockchain verses, then you have to have a wallet and you have to buy the tokens, which then allows you to buy the assets. Or you can go to somewhere like Coinbase, which kind of makes it easy for you. But that's only the blockchain verses, because of course, then the other verses that you know Johnny was talking about, like Roblox, you know, they have their own Robux, which isn't a crypto token. It is you buy them with cash and you transact with dollars, effectively, but they call them Robux.
1: So there's many verses in the metaverse. Just to kind of summarize, and Mark has uh, made a big statement of kind of renaming the Facebook universe as Meta and bringing with him billions of users that can kind of access and kind of help bring people into kind of these mixed reality worlds essentially. But the easiest way to access them, you can access them online, but if you're in VR, you can also access them there. And there's also, you know, the AR aspect. Can you speak to that, Johnny at all, or, or Dudley on the, the AR aspect?
2: Yeah, the AR aspect is interesting to me. It was interesting to see how Mark Zuckerberg kind of presented that as part of the ecosystem of of spaces and hardware that might be used as part of the metaverse. And it was talked about as kind of hologram-based. But I think as it relates to the metaverse, where my thinking is, is that uh, as it relates to communication and interaction, there will be elements where AR, essentially being able to take a, a virtual conference call will happen in VR. But from an AR perspective, instead of it being in a virtual environment, it'll be kind of next to you or in front of you or beside you. You might have kind of collaborative sessions where there'll be some virtual some physically present and kind of just a mixture, that hybrid of what we call now, right, with the pandemic of this kind of hybrid workplace or hybrid environment or hybrid communication. I think in the future, it will be very much a combination of that physical, augmented and virtual. So I, I could see that being a big part um, as it relates to AR, but also AR being kind of an entry point to the metaverse as well, where you might still get informative kind of information of like if something sold or if you won the auction, if you're buying an NFT art or things like that, or being able to kind of continue conversations. You might be in the metaverse to start conversations and then you're going to be on the go and augmented reality would kind of be like the heads up display version of that where communication might continue or you might continue a phone call and be driving your car and still see kind of people off to the side or things like that.
0: Well, I mean, on the, you know, I think on the AR side, I mean, you are, infinitely more qualified than I am seeing as you're actually making the stuff but I mean I know <laughs> I know where it comes to how the verses are integrating with it for example you know if you look at Meta's Oculus which is by far the biggest VR we're talking VR by far the biggest consumer VR brand out there you know you're seeing and th- this I think leans into zuckerberg's idea of being interoperable so not running a walled garden and not saying you know you can only be in meta's world there are loads of other verses and you should go to all of them and so my understanding that the founder of somnium space which is a really good blockchain verse he's releasing an app which will be a somnium space on oculus quest and i think that is that's meta being true to its interoperable suggestion for the future and i think you see lots of that but i think somnium are the first one to do that on oculus which is pretty cool but that that's definitely where it's all going to go so in that situation like as you said johnny you can can be on your desktop you know looking at art or whatever in a space looking nfts in a space you can then try and transact or bid for it or whatever or be talking to a friend walk out and that chat continues on your phone it can happen in ar if you want and then that evening you can go in and check everything out on your oculus and and be immersed in that particular world. So that's how it is. It's not one or the other, it's the whole
1: lot. And how is this different than what we have today? Like, what are some of the key differentiators that kind of define the metaverse of today or define the metaverse and the changes that will happen?
0: There's that great point from William Gibson, which always says that like, the technology is there, it's just not distributed yet. And I think in a lot of ways, when if people, go on into these worlds that have never been onto them. They'll be amazed at what's happening. There was a conversation in the press saying, you know, is the metaverse a real thing? And you had a lot of journalists saying it wasn't. They have no idea what they're talking about. I mean, you ask practically anybody under 25 and they're like, I'm in the metaverse every day. You know, what are these boomers talking about? So that isn't even a question. For the future, I mean, I mean what I'm really excited about is the advancements within AI. We create avatars. That's our business, right? Creating avatars. And what I'm really excited about is when AR can get to a point where your avatar can actually engage with other avatars and can, while you're not using it, work for you it can find the music you like it can perhaps see people oh dudley this person's into this this and this i think that you might really like them it can effectively be your surrogate when you're not there that is something which i think is a long way in the future but that's something i'm super super excited about is actually having an agent that works for you at its simplest form it's something like google duplex where it will ring up you know, a restaurant and book for you. (laughs) But there's absolutely no reason that you can't give an AI all of your information. Keep it. It doesn't have to be in a cloud. It can be on your desktop. Keep it. And then it will go out and find and interact for you and find what you want.
1: Let's talk about that more. You're kind of bringing us into the future. Many of us have seen Ready Player One, which kind of tries to, it paints this vision of like being in the physical world, going into a virtual world. It's not quite the metaverse in that you kind of bring the world back to you, right? It's like, you're really going into these virtual worlds and you have your own agent per se. In Ready Player One, it's not an agent that's, as you said, doing work for you or getting stuff done maybe while you're sleeping, which sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. But if we project to the future, you know, Ready Player One was uh, supposedly filmed in 2045. So let's take the year 2045. What does the metaverse look like 20 roughly 23 years from now? So
0: I think the AI agents are massive things. an so AI avatar to AI avatar, that's 20 years in the future, but that's massive. That's a whole new way of existing because that's taking the executive functioning of your brain and doing that job for you. You still make all the decisions, but I think that that's an exciting, really exciting component. But then if you look at some of the mirror world technology, so we've been talking about a lot about effectively fantasy versus in one way, but if you look at other technology companies like like NVIDIA and what they focus on is mirroring entire factories, like they've mirrored the entire BMW factory in real time and they are bringing out product that maps the real world. And I think being able to have your augmented or mixed reality eyewear on, like your traditional glasses that look like sunglasses but having a true digital overlay where you're in the real world but every there is information on everything that is definitely i think where we will all be but perhaps in 25 years it might actually be by effectively a contact lens which does that for you i mean figuring out how you power that is difficult there are definitely I know there are some you know some universities doing that at the moment, trying to make it work, but of course, it's very, very low power <laughs> but twenty five years I could see the uh, you know you have your your lens on and there's information on everything there's whatever you want that I think is twenty five years from now for sure.
2: Let me piggyback off that a little bit. I love that I agree. I think the virtual and the physical kind of worlds will be blended. I think it will be commonplace. I do think that we will have the everyday comfortable and and normal looking in quotation marks there uh, AR glasses or contact lenses I agree with that I do think that that will be commonplace we will get we'll have a lot of that but I do think the kind of more mature metaverse will be very present in our lives that'll turn into so many new jobs and I think that will be in a lot of different industries and and types of businesses but I think what we see you know if you think about how much video conferencing accelerated during the pandemic, the amount of companies that came out from that, or how quickly you think about the number of updates that came out for Zoom or Microsoft Teams or Google Meet and how that accelerated due to the kind of the environment, right? When we have the metaverse and we have consumer-friendly, affordable, ergonomic VR headsets and normal-looking AR glasses, the acceleration, I think, will drastically increase, And so we're going to see a lot of that become a lot more normal. It'll be normal to take conference calls in 2D or 3D, whether that's AR or VR. I think that'll be completely commonplace. You'll get used to seeing your your dad as an avatar sometimes or sometimes seeing in a 3D kind of hologram form or 2D what we see right now for this particular uh, recording. And so we'll see a lot more of that. I think the way we see remote employees... Today, right? I'm an employee that's technically not at our home office. I'm in Austin, Texas. And so I'm at my own home office right now. But I think that it'll be very commonplace to have a virtual office where all of our remote employees will be, it'll be commonplace to be able to kind of just pop on and be able to interact and collaborate and and do that in, in this kind of physical or virtual uh, realm, and it'll be just completely commonplace for us in the same way that it is for us to go from 2007 getting the introduction to the smartphone. And, and now, you know, in a way, we're cyborgs, right? Where it's, it's like, yeah, we have all this access to technology, and what we have on our wrist is what 10,000, 30,000 times better computing power than what we send people up to the moon with. Like, so I think 25 years from now would be really going to be a really exciting time. And uh, Gen Z will be what 35, 45 years old, right? the people that kind of grow up with Roblox and, and Fortnite right now as nine to 24-year-olds, and so it'll be interesting.
0: I'm heavily encouraging my seven-year-old to get into 3D modeling. <laughs> and, uh, I haven't quite got her onto Maya yet, but Tinkercad and things like that, because I think that's going to take over film, television, and all media, the size of that industry, and very, very quickly.
1: Wow, yeah, that's a very, very good point. It's a good parallel to kind of thinking about what smartphones have done for business, for humanity, for better, or for worse, right? They've changed this in a dramatic way. And if we think about the future being having a this tipping point, this where you have something as simple as a contact lens or really you know, non-invasive sort of glasses or super, super cheap headsets where everyone has one, like almost everyone has a smartphone, whether you go into the, even some of the poorest countries in the world, they still have smartphones that they're buying for $30, $40, right? So having this tipping point where we give everyone access to these virtual worlds that are massive marketplaces right now already. I can see how this can converge in a quick way, especially if you think forward to the year 2045, whereas, look, we've only had smartphones for like 12 years, and look how that's changed our universe completely. I think if we put ourselves into that future, it's it's interesting to think about the confluence of work. We all feared the computer dozens of years ago and how that would change work, and it did. You know, we, ha- we now have five to one sort of knowledge workers versus physical workers, right? But as we think about the workplace, you had mentioned kind of going to work in the virtual world, especially for this convergence of sort of remote or hybrid work environments. Tell us more about how industries and businesses might change or how they might transact. Educational, the educational space, the real estate space, the entertainment space, business. Can you guys share more examples or help us think about how that could change?
0: Yeah, well, from a marketing perspective, if you, if you boil it down to its absolute simplest, NFTs or the ability to tokenize and identify any digital asset has already created a multi-billion dollar industry, which will very soon be a multi-trillion dollar industry. And I think will overtake the asset value of the real world, which people think is nuts when you say it. But it's not, (laughs) it's not nuts because these places are places where brands get to have a one-on-one relationship with an audience. So it's very different from a social media channel or something like Google where everything is actually completely controlled by the proprietor. When you are in it you're in it as a brand, you are with the people. It's like having your own event and inviting people in your own space that's a very different way of engaging with a consumer. When brands really figure that out, they'll go all in because they don't have that at the moment, apart from inviting them into their store. So I think when brands figure that out, I think all the money will flood into it and that will completely change retail dynamics. But that's just one, that's just one area.
2: I love hearing that. I agree with that. I think as you were mentioning, I think some of the ones you mentioned, Jeff, were education and entertainment. I think you said a few others there, but those did st- stand out to me because I do think that as it relates to, to education, I do think that we're going to see, we're seeing, again, pandemic has accelerated a lot of things. We saw the the fact that not only can we trust employees, but we can entrust students to learn. That's obviously been difficult for some and uh, probably a bigger transition for others, but it's ac- accelerated and it's also proved that that is possible, that you can do a virtual schooling that normally always happened in person can be done in a 2D environment and i think we will see uh, education there will be i think it's ripe for innovation as it relates to the metaverse and how you might learn different topics and and go through your standard k through 12 or college kind of uh, classes i think there'll definitely be a presence there entertainment i think will be huge i'm really interested and excited about that i mean i've watched i've watched live basketball games and boxing games and soccer games in oculus they're not the best experiences yet uh the quality hasn't been as good and you still get some latency issues and Things like that. It's not as, uh, you're not doing as, as much communication with others, although there's forms of that. But I, as we look into the future, I'm imagining that entertainment will be a pretty big space for the metaverse. So I think, in the same way that Netflix kind of took over and we're seeing all these big media giants of Amazon Video and Apple coming out with some and things like that, I think the metaverse will have completely new or expanded media companies with uh, kind of a presence where you can consume both live events and kind of TV shows and movies all in the metaverse in a virtual movie theater, and you're gonna we're gonna be watching movie releases that are happening at HBO Max, which we never thought would happen, right? That you're gonna see something in a streaming service before you see it in a movie theater. I think we're gonna see things like that. I think we'll also see a a new category of media instead of being in a 2D environment where you're seeing in a virtual movie theater. I think we're going to start to see movies being recorded where you can kind of control the view. You can choose in a 3D environment what angle you want to watch from a TV show or a movie and get kind of this, this more immersive movie experience. Um, and I think there's a lot of predictions and, and uh, some players in that space now. And so it'll be interesting to see how that evolves and matures into the future. We talked about real estate and how that's already a big a big spot and so i think we're gonna see i think even more more there as it relates to the to the metaverse
0: you know what johnny on um you were talking about entertainment there you can actually build a house at the moment uh insomnium it's not easy but you can build a house insomnium right now and one of the assets that you can put in there is a tv screen and you can attach video files so right now you can run your own movie theaters
2: there you go yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah. You invite exactly. people in you sit around and you're there and you can do it in, you know, VR or you can do it in 2D and just watch or you know yep. videos for yourself, and invite your family around and <laughs> show them your crazy wacky videos.
2: With some coworkers and some friends, we've done the I think it was Big Screen TV, uh, which is on the Oculus, and it's a it's a movie theater, and we were all just sitting there as avatars, and we I think we watched a a part of the Matrix movie um just to get a sense for it, and it was very immersive and and uh, but yeah, that's interesting. That that's already in in in, in uh, Somnium. I'll have to check that out.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. It's one of, and again. It's one of those things about like it's already here, you know, but just not distributed yet.
1: <laughs> exactly. We've talked about the future and what could be in the movement, the things that are already kind of happening that are projecting forward, you know. And I think I remember talking about the future of of web and smartphones and social when those things came out, you know, twelve years ago. Fifteen years ago, and people were like not really believing what was going to happen, and here we are today, right? Where it's again, it's changed our world, and so going into the future, we can only anticipate that things are going to continue to accelerate. But what are some of the next big moves that you guys see that will take things forward? Obviously, we mentioned the pandemic that sort of changed the way we work. It's changed our lives, and it's made digital kind of so much bigger. The idea that Dudley, you mentioned that the the digital world could surpass the economics, could surpass the physical world. Economics is still mind-boggling. But what do you guys see as some of the next big moves that need to happen from an infrastructure perspective? You know, We think about how infrastructure, the cloud, for example, is changing so much of technology. Electricity or the railroad of the past, these platforms that sort of enabled change. What do we need to see from an infrastructure perspective? And what are some of the next big moves that will kind of push this space forward, push the metaverse forward?
2: Yeah, as I think about the infrastructure, I I think there's a lot from a hardware and software perspective that would need to happen to get us there. But as I think about from the infrastructure standpoint, the few thoughts that come to my mind are the need for like an ultra fast, low latency internet. We talked about I mean, we know that 4G internet can't handle hundreds of concurrent streams today and you know, we're seeing a lot of mobile carriers focus on 5G and, and I think as we get to 6G, it's going to be even better and it's going to get us to a place where we get that kind of ultra fast low latency internet. So I think that's definitely uh, as it relates to the infrastructure piece. I also think, uh, and we're hearing a lot of companies talk about this and we know that there's some players in this, but as it relates to the blockchain and as it relates to interoperability, I think those two are, are going to be really key elements of, or areas of innovation that will need to, that, that will kind of enable a lot. Uh, again, we have players in it now, but as I think about the interoperability, being able to, if you're purchasing, if, again, if you're, if you're self-expression, right, your Gucci bag and your shoes and you're buying those through NFT on the blockchain, then you're able to take those with you to the different verses, right? You're able to take that over to Horizon at Facebook or you're able to take it to Microsoft version or Decentraland, wherever it might be that you're kind of going and you can kind of take that with you. And I think that there are various ways that people are approaching that. Some are not in the, on the blockchain. And so it'll be interesting to see kind of more of the more adoption by the bigger players around the need to kind of have that interoperability uh, part of things. But yeah, I think that's, those are the kind of immediate things that come to my mind.
0: One of the big things I think is if you look at Gen Z culturally, they're all about collaboration. Uh, They don't want ownership of everything. They want to collaborate and they want a community that helps it's a very different way of looking at things from uh, definitely uh, Gen X and Y, that, that's for sure, and, and boomers. And that seems to have come at the same time as you know Satoshi's white paper in 2008 on crypto. And what it uh, allows you to do and what I think will really change everything is when companies start to become decentralized autonomous organizations or DAOs, which sounds really complex but in the end all it is is it's the ability for a group of people who are interested in the same thing to work together and collaborate so that the sum is is so that the whole is larger than the sum of the parts and you couldn't do that previously without crypto because you had to start a company and hand out shares and it was very difficult to do whereas with crypto it's really really easy to do so pretty much any business i think of i think you could actually tokenize that business and that's a real head fake for people to try and get their their mind around but anything i mean if you're a, if you wanted to be a production company making content you could effectively become a, a DAO. you could have a token people could contribute to that token so that's your funds there could be thousands of you or hundreds of you and then traditionally, the idea is that the people who are involved in that are in some way, you know, the producers or the directors or the actors or whatever. And they're all working together to try and collaborate and create value, which in that case, if you're a production company would be film or television or, or, or content or whatever. But you can do that for anything. And I think that's what Jen said really wants to do. And if you can make setting up a doubt, which ain't easy, <laughs> if you can make setting that up easy, then I think you will see a huge see change in the kinds of businesses which start and all of those businesses will have crypto at their core and will have the metaverse at their core
1: tony tran founder at pure inc is aiming to accelerate the metaverse with computing power software and hardware he has a roadmap into 2030 that starts with the social metaverse in 2022 the ambient metaverse in 2025 and the singularity metaverse in 2030 here's what he had to say
3: Hi, I'm Tony Tran with Peer Inc. And today I'll be answering questions. What does the metaverse look like 10 to 20 years from now? Well, in the simplest embodiment, the metaverse will exist as a three-dimensional expansion of the web that we know and love today. Like radio waves that's presently all around us and we need some sort of an interface to actually translate that into either sound or visual or images. The metaverse content will exist everywhere and connect everything. And so it's really like a merging of the present web that we know, all of the data that's on the web, plus all of the connected devices, and then map that against the physical world. So it would create basically an environment where it's nearly like we are jacked in. We would live in a world where we're always connected to the metaverse by a wearable, which includes earbuds, smartwatches, and AR glasses that combines those two different devices into one. And then that's how we would be jacked in, sort of, this metaverse 10 to 20 years from now. What are potential business applications for the metaverse? Well, you know, the way I see it is that the metaverse will wipe out all the inefficiencies of today's centralized ecosystem and platforms leading to a more diversified and global marketplace boom. All the world would effectively become a bazaar without any of the physical problems of physical establishment. Productions would be centralized, while the storefronts would be decentralized. For example, if I want a Thai food from a certain brand while I'm sitting at a park, I should be able to bring up that restaurant virtually and the order... Would be sent to the nearest production facility that the business owner has leased to make the food, or maybe at the production facility, a robot would be making that food. And you know, I don't think it's far fetched to train a robot arm to make Thai food, and then you know, have in between a fulfillment or a delivery service that gets it. A- from the facility to me at the park. And then all of the the social media and the publishing of pictures of my food, as soon as it arrives, the images are already taken and I can just publish that right away. And those are just some potential business applications that I see, but it's just going to be a massive change in ways that we haven't even thought of. So originally when the internet first began, People didn't think that, you know, what the world would look like without all those businesses, like the phone book, for example. So how quickly all of those different things in our lives, from the camera to the telephone, all of those things come together and then ultimately powered by the pocket internet and created so many different types of businesses, that type of revolutionary change, that's what we're going to see happen with the metaverse. And the metaverse is going to be inevitability. And the reason why it's gonna be an inevitability is because the web that we know today is a two-dimensional web. It's just a mass of, of pages stored on servers and then linked together by hyperlinks. When the metaverse starts to manifest itself into the real world, linking the real world with things that exists in cyberspace, the digital world, when these two worlds collide, it's going to definitely change some things.
1: The metaverse isn't like a single thing or it's a single verse or a single company, right? It's the convergence of all these digital movements that if you look at any one of these, whether it's blockchain or NFT, they're huge, right, in of themselves. But it's the connective tissue, like the internet, that's kind of connecting these things together that's creating these new spaces. Is that, am I correct in kind of recapping that? The way I would look at it is we're where we are now before there was Windows. So right
0: now, anybody who wants to be involved in this basically has to be a programmer. If you want to create your own token or a DAO or whatever, you've got to know a whole bunch of different programming languages and it's complex. But soon, to take part in this, there'll be effectively like an operating system like Windows, but for, for NFT ownership and tokenizing things. And that then means anybody can do it. And because of the utility of that technology as in what it can do is so much better than traditional corporations or ownership contracts or whatever. Everybody wanna use it.
1: Everyone can be a creator essentially, whereas right now it's sort of limited to, to the programmers that's it. that are you know, coding things and, and connecting things. And it, it's more like, hey, if you wanna build a house, you gotta hire a contractor that's gonna hire a bunch of people to do that for you. But in the future, you're gonna have the tools at your own disposal essentially to, to create faster. Completely, yeah. So as we get closer to kind of winding up, as we think about technology, you know, technology, you know, if we look at the smartphone, it's, it's, it's enhanced our relationships, it's helped us be more creative. And all those applications that come along with the application sort of universe, it's helped us learn new knowledge, but it's also hurt some of our relationships or maybe our ability to create or to gain new knowledge. Maybe we're consuming more versus creating. Technology can be, you know, it could be used for good or bad. And certainly, there's so many incredible applications that we're all believers in the future of technology, but we want to be cognizant of how it changes us, right, and some of the concerns as well. What sort of concerns do we need to be thinking about so that we, we err on the good side and not on the bad side as we think about the future of the metaverse?
0: My biggest one here is knowing who owns the avatar So if we go into the metaverse world so that a 50 year old man can pretend to be a 12 year old girl then we're in big trouble. So what, you know, we have this system we call ABC, which is every character needs to be ownership of that character needs to be linked so that you know if A, it's an avatar of a real person and who that real person is. So this avatar of me is Dudley and I can go and find Dudley and I know who I'm talking to. B, it's a brand. The person who who owns this avatar is a brand, and I can see that's a brand, therefore they have an agenda, they're trying to sell me something. Fine, I can suspend disbelief, but it's a brand. Or C, creator. This is an avatar made by a creator, again, to make money. It's a story. You suspend disbelief. It's like a character from a TV series. If we don't do that, and what surprises me is there are some companies which talk about being able to be whoever you want to be and no one knowing who you are, I think they are absolutely mad. And I don't understand how they can't see how that will basically destroy society. I mean, right now with MetaHuman Creator, in the space of an afternoon, I could create a thousand different characters, I could stick a chatbot onto those characters. I could open up a 1,000 social media accounts and I could have those characters using an AI tool to change, to change voices, but just use my voice and I could have them all spread disinformation right now. I don't know why Pete. I don't know why governments, crazy governments aren't doing it. I can do that now. So can you imagine what's going to happen if you don't know who is behind avatars in versus? It'd be a disaster. So that needs regulation.
1: So regulation, you know, we talk about decentralization as a key theme of, you know, an underlying aspect of of blockchain and what you guys mentioned, Decentraland, right? Decentralization is a theme, but still regulations, an important aspect of the metaverse of the future.
0: So a lot of the verse creators that I know, the way that they are working it is you are going to have to identify who you are before you go in verse. It's still very much up in the air at the moment, but a lot of those conversations are being had. Now, there's definitely two sides to this. Some people want complete anonymity, but I know that will be an absolute disaster.
2: We actually built a website last year and launched it. It's called balancetech.org. And it's this kind of this resource that talks about the need to kind of balance this connection to kind of this digital, essentially being able to balance the digital and the physical and how if you're able to kind of do that and balance that, it really can help unlock your creative potential. But we talk about essentially, you know, there's a lot of uh, resources out there that talk about how being too connected and, and the need to unplug, and and some of the different products and resources that are out there that kind of help with that. And so, as I think about some of the the ugly side or the, some of the concerns of the metaverse, I think about when I talked to my wife about it recently. Told her I was going to do this podcast. She immediately said, "Oh, is, are we going to all be like Wally, where they're all just sitting in these like hover hover carts, and we're all overweight?" And we don't even like recognize each other because we're just so in this virtual world. I hadn't even thought about that, right? I was thinking about all the the jobs it will create all the new interactivity and and enhancement of the social, but it's true. I think in the same way that today our technology can be a distraction, it can be generative, you know, generally it can be addictive. We can lose track of time. It'll be hard to separate from real nature and the real world, the fact that, you know, Technology can overstimulate our senses, right? We talk about like blue light glasses so that, you know, before you go to bed, turn on your dark, you know, your night mode so that you don't affect your sleeping, right? Imagine having a VR headset on for eight hours a day, you know, and, and so there's a lot of that kind of area as it relates to just health, physical, emotional our connectivity to things and that balance will be really, really important. I think we'll see a lot of innovation as it relates to that. We'll see the equivalent of night modes come out, right? And how we can kind of ramp down. And in the same way that TikTok after two hours of scrolling, it'll tell you like, hey, you've been on here for a while. Are you sure you want to keep scrolling? I think we'll start to see more innovation around the kind of the interactions and the the prompts and the UX uh, of how people kind of engage with the metaverse to help with that but uh it is something we'll have to be conscious about and we'll build we'll enhance our balancedtech.org to cover the metaverse as that comes but uh
0: that's very cool. Yeah. And you know th- the thing is the answers are out there for all these problems you know they're not insurmountable at all in any way you know and a lot of people talk about things completely negatively they're not and you know one of the things i really liked about metas ar glasses is you know they're building the technology so that all of the information stays on your hardware. And the whole platform, you know, is being made so that your private information is on hardware. That's a huge change. When they started, you couldn't have predicted the issues. But we know the issues now. So the new technology, I think that's brilliant. And so there are answers to all these problems. We've just got to get all the good people together and make sure that we're the ones that shout the loudest.
1: I think that's one of the cool opportunities about playing in this space is being able to shape it, knowing that, hey, we're all creators and We've learned from the last 15 years, and you know if we can start shaping things now, then can err on the good and be for our mutual benefit. I def- we're all big believers in connecting with technology to be more productive, to have amazing experiences, to have being able to connect with people in a new way and stay connected, and we're also big believers in disconnecting. And I think one thing that's interesting about the metaverse is it's sort of the, the ever present where it's you can be in, you can be out, but you can also have that hybrid where it's like you're augmenting your physical world. And I think that digital physical connection, I think that confluence is that space in general is a growing space in so many different industries. I think the metaverse is just something that kind of encapsulates it all, right? And it kind of says, "Hey, this is going to be more ever present in the future." As we think about this the future uh, of the metaverse. Dudley, you've mentioned you know your daughter and and Gen Z many times. I wanted to ask you like, okay, what sort of advice would you give your daughter knowing that, hey, this big change is coming, whether we like it or not, right? Things are happening, the infrastructure in place, some of the world's biggest companies are behind it. So it's coming. What sort of advice would you give your daughter? And Johnny, for you, I want to flip it and say, what sort of advice would you give your grandma if you don't stay up? Up with some of the times, you know, with tech, then you kind of you can stay end up being a little bit more disconnected, right? Think about if you know grandma or grandpa didn't have a smartphone or weren't on some of these social platforms and weren't able to kind of stay connected with their Gen Z grandkids. Interested in in your thoughts. But Dudley, start with you.
0: (laughs) Well, I've got a four-year-old Amade and a seven-year-old Octavia's two daughters. And I mean the right answer is, oh, they should do whatever it is they really want to do. However, Knowing them, I would love uh, for Octavia to be involved in 3D modeling and creating assets, be their little fluffy toys at the moment. But later on, that might be buildings, that might be cars, that might be space aliens or whatever, because we're going to need millions and millions and millions of them. So taking that creative skill and being able to use that is something that I think is incredibly useful for the future. And, and certainly, you know, in a way, I wish I'd got into that a little bit earlier, because that's an amazing skill for the future. World creation, you know, creation.
1: creation. Yeah, I love that concept also of mirroring, of saying, I have this mirrored sort of version of myself or my things or my house. And maybe you amplify it in different ways, but having that, there's the nuances of mirroring. We see this in industry a lot, the you know digital twin or, or creating a mimic of something, and, and then you're able to simulate things or experience things in those spaces. But uh, being able to create that, right? Being able to create that or augment it and be part of that from the get-go.
0: Then you can go either way. You can go into replicating reality if that's what you want to do, and testing it, or you can go into creating something completely fantastical. You know, I mean, yeah. in, in the end, what you're seeing at the moment is, is a creation of new IP. Like the marvel of you know thirty years ago is effectively like the apes of today. That is the new IP. What you're having in the verses, and we're creating that right now. Create, we're creating a new Superman, a new Batman right now, but it's not in a magazine and oh. in a movie. It's, it's in Decentraland.
1: Johnny, what are your thoughts? You got
0: the hard one, Johnny.
2: Yeah, it is a little bit hard. i tell her to get into 3D modeling. no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I think about my grandma who's in Mexico right now and how last year, I think it was last year, she was introduced finally to a smartphone instead of a, a landline you know, where we'd have to call her to her phone that she still kind of had connected to the wall, didn't even own a cell phone. And I think about all the technological advancements that she's been through in her lifetime, right? Think about everything that's come since, uh, you know, she's in her late 70s right now. I think uh, she might might be in her 80s now. But so she was introduced to the smartphone last year. And of course, now she comments on everyone's Facebook and everyone's Instagram. Uh, She'll also send little messages. She's now, this year, she started with emojis. So you know she's overboard on the emoji side of things, like everyone's grandma. So as I think about this future of the metaverse, I think you kind of said it as part of your question, Jeff, but I think it'll be a connection to her family. I think about my kids growing up and their kids, and I think that it'll be another opportunity to connect. I think that what's really exciting about the metaverse is that um, although it will be a digital or a virtual kind of environment... It's a way for us to almost feel like we're there physically. And so I would love to be able to see my grandma and pop on a VR headset and have her be there and have a very ergonomic and consumer-friendly and easy-to-use VR headset that she could just click one button and be able to talk to my kids and see them and see how their school was and be able to, to kind of be a part of their lives and be more connected. And so I think that as we think about the metaverse, people think that we're going to be less social. We're going to be asocial. And I think that it's an enhancement on our social connections. I would say that I would have my grandma adopt it and I'd help her set it up and hope that we can, you know, like uh, to your point about the, uh, Jeff, about shaping the future, uh, Abraham Lincoln said the best way to predict the future is to create it. So I hope that we can be part of that creation to make it friendly for my grandma to be able to push a button and connect to my, you know, to my kids. And so that's kind of where my, my thinking goes.
0: You know, Johnny, on that, it reminds me of a number of conversations I have with people who are basically frightened of the frightened of VR, basically, or mixed reality and saying that things are bad enough with the mobile phone and social. And my point to them is always, actually, when you're on social, you're actually never present. You're never properly engaged. You are responding to something with only part of your presence and part of your mind. You are not giving someone your full attention ever, unless you're doing a video chat, right? Yeah. (laughs) And when, and my point is, we would be much healthier actually if we were doing no social and we were actually doing VR and video chats. We would be that much more connected as humans. We would understand each other more we would get more value more emotional value and when i say it like that some people go know eh, maybe you're right people just conflate it with social all the time and it's not
1: i love that concept of being present and i think we get together with family members and so often it's like we're kind of only half present with these mobile phones and the technology is narrowed to these super smart devices that are so small but I think the future is is expanding where, you know, things, it's hidden, right? It's in our contact lens, like you said, or it's in our glasses and it's contextual and it's sort of on demand, but it's also that it gives us that ability to, to be present. I love that concept as we think about the benefits. And also, Johnny, bringing grandma, you know, in the room <laughs> and having more experiences with grandma and your kids, that sounds like, that sounds amazing. Dudley, we want to wrap up with you. A very important question. You said, ADD is your superpower. Yeah. So tell us more about that. I know, you know, a lot of us struggle with ADD, especially in the tech world. Yeah. Tell us more why it's your superpower.
0: <laughs> well, I very much went into it and tried to understand the neuroscience behind it so that I could create ways of helping uh, and understand the things which were difficult and why they were difficult. And one of the key things that I found was, apart from the fact that you have a uh, you know, prefrontal cortex or an executive mind functioning that has very difficulty with a beginning, a middle and an end, and you have no sense of time, <laughs> which is just difficult in and of itself. The other thing that is incredibly helpful for looking at the future or future proofing or future gazing is that you you don't really have any filters. So traditionally, as a, a neural, normal person, you filter everything out, and you only focus on what you want. Yeah, when you have ADD, you don't have any filters, depending on the level of it. And I certainly have none. And what happens is, if something is different, or if something is bubbling, I notice it straight away. And the more it bubbles, the more I notice it. So whatever that thing is, it means that you have a visceral awareness of it before the rest of the population. And then you're, if you're curious, and you start looking at it, then you start to connect and associate that to how the future could work. So your associative brain is also not hemmed in. You jump between all the different parts of your brain going backward and forward, which is terrible for sleeping. But in terms of connecting and creating, it's also a big advantage. So I do see it as my superpower because I notice things that other people just don't.
1: Thank you for that and for connecting with anyone who does have ADD. And maybe ADD will be a superpower in the metaverse as we're thinking about. Absorbing and creating you know all these different experiences and, and different worlds and different aspects that combine the digital physical realms loved uh, being with you too and kind of hearing your insights and expertise about the future of the metaverse thank you and as battle tested you know evangelists and leaders it's great to have you guys also share your insights on both sides like the benefits of this and also you know the ethics of how we can, the importance of shaping it or regulating it so that it is a, a true benefit to humanity. Again, thanks for being here on The Future Of.
0: And thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. You and your work is legendary and it's been a real honor. So thank you. And Johnny, you're not too bad either.
2: <laughs> hey, I appreciate it. It was great to learn with you all and excited to see how uh, we can come back on this topic in ten to, what did we say, 24 years and uh, see how much of this was accurate and how it's advanced. But I appreciate the time.
1: We'll definitely get some stuff wrong, that's for sure. <laughs> hang yeah. out with grandma in a new way. Yeah. <laughs> Let her go dance a little bit, you know, swim in the underwater world and then hang out with the grandkids in the afternoon. There you go. Beautiful. The future of podcasts is brought to you by Fresh Consulting. To find out more about how we pair design and technology together to shape the future, visit us at freshconsulting.com. Make sure to search for the future of an Apple Podcast, Spotify. Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Make sure to click subscribe so you don't miss any of our future episodes. And on behalf of our team here at Fresh, thank you for listening.